Welcome to another edition uh, episode of Design Recharge Show. Um, I'm D Diane Gibbs. I'm the host, and we're here every week, every Wednesday at 2.30 Eastern Time, 11.30 Pacific. And today I am joined with April Greer. I actually found her through some writing that she did for a, a blog that I follow, Graphic Design Blender. And if you haven't um, checked them out, I have a link. Um, I will share that with y'all later. But it's a great blog for designers, and they have a lot of information. And he has an ebook. Preston Lee is the, the main guy. But April writes a ton for them, and I just really think she puts it into words really well. And so I just met her, um, and we did a test, because uh, that's what I do with all my guests beforehand. And so I'm going to let April kind of give her background about design. And I also asked her in the test, and I will ask her now, but why? You know, writing's not always the best for designers. So how? Give a, tell us a little bit of, about your background in writing as well. So. Tell us about it, April. Well, hi, everyone, and uh, welcome to the show. I'm thrilled that Diane asked me to join today. And um, so a little bit of background about me. I'm a graphic designer and a web designer. I specialize in information presentation and engaging content, uh, which does include writing. Um, and you know, I got started actually in college working for the uh, on-campus production studio and just kind of segued into it. I worked there, you know, during my school time and then as well over the summer and I really enjoyed it. So um, after I graduated, I started looking for a design job and um, got it. Then, um, you know, downsizing five years later or so with the economy kind of crashing and um, I started to look for freelance clients and all of a sudden I didn't have time for a real job anymore. So, um, you know, I started reading Graphic Design Blender and luckily was lucky enough to get on with him. And um, so now I write for Graphic Design Blender. I am a freelancer of my own accord for about two years now and um, I do graphic and web design and, and I also officiate on the side, youth sports. Cool. So, and you had told me that your mom was a English teacher, and you think that that was one of your reasons why you're so good at writing. So, um, it, yeah. you, have, you have to have yeah, other. Yeah, she's an English teacher. Go ahead. No, yeah, she's an English teacher. Um, my stepmom was a journalist for uh, newspapers and travel writing um, for her whole career. So, um I guess between the two of them, we have great relationships with both. Um, you know, I, I guess it's in the genes and it's in the family, and um, it's really exciting to be able to carry that on. It's exciting to what? I'm sorry, it cut out. Oh, to carry that on. Oh, for to, sure. I don't know. Keep keep the touch. I think going. you have a great, and I've told you this. I think you have a great voice. She has lots of articles on Graphic Design Blender, and I have it down here and that's the great thing about Spreecast you can actually share links so if you guys have links and or you want to ask questions or whatever you can have it going over in the chat you can also submit a question right below April so feel free I'll try to get those things on but I have a bunch of questions I'm gonna ask her and so we're gonna get going with those so April one thing I try to ask um, most everybody that I bring on is uh, if they're a freelancer um, how you stay recharged because one of the reasons that I started design recharge show was because I needed the the interaction with other designers um, I also teach college I design uh, at the college level and yes I'm around designers all the time but I also needed needed that interaction between people that were more at my level and even though there's other design professors we just don't get to interact that much because we're always teaching so I wanted something where I was getting and connecting and educating myself because I'll talk to people. I am not much, you know, I don't claim to be a great writer. I can ask good questions, but I am not like you. So those are some things that I do to stay recharged. What are some things you do as a freelancer to just stay connected and recharged to keep your batteries going? 
I think you hit the nail on the head there, uh, interacting with other designers. Something that really helped me immensely was taking a continuing, continuing education course. Um, just interacting with other people like me who are freelancing or want to freelance or want to improve their skills as an in-house designer was fantastic. Um, that's something that I really have missed about college in general is just having discussions with like-minded people or even not like-minded people but people that understand the same topics. And so I try um, to take a continuing education class at least once a year. Um, and there's a great art school up in Portland, um, which is nearby for me, and I really, um, I really enjoy that. Uh, also, I take um, inspiration from nature, from life, um, from the internet. You know, I, I like, I have a portfolio on Behance.net, and um, that's a great way for me to also see a lot of other people and their portfolios and what they're doing. I like dribble. Um, and then just kind of I go through life and I'll, I'll be driving on the interstate and I pass by a semi truck and I look and I think, was that a good logo? Does that convey what they're, you know, is that what they want to convey? I could do better or no, I think that's pretty cool. They did a good job there. Um, so I kind of I kind of just use that as my motivation and uh, I do other things. One thing I think freelancers get sucked into is work, 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 always work. And it's really hard. You, you can burn yourself out. Uh, I'm kind of guilty of that. If you ask my boyfriend, I'm a workaholic. Um, but I do other things. Um, I officiate youth sports. I love that. Um, it gets me out from behind my desk. It gets me exercise. Um, it gets me thinking about other things. My brain is totally involved in what I'm doing at that moment and not on design at all. Um, and so I think that in itself can be really refreshing to just go and experience and not think about any of your projects because some of my best ideas have come when I woke up in the middle of the night and said, oh my god, I have a great idea, or I'm at the beach and you know the waves are crashing in and it's um, beautiful and I think, oh, you know, like that, that might be cool for a new project. So, uh, or, or this is a great solution for the project without even me consciously thinking about it. So that's how I stay recharged. That's cool, that's great. Um, what do you like best about freelancing? Uh, definitely the flexibility. Um, I get to choose my own hours. I get to choose my own days. Um, for example, my car battery died on Monday night. And so yesterday I did a little bit of work from like 9 to noon. And then the rest of the day I got my car fixed. Um, so that wasn't my plan, but it's really nice to when that comes up. Now I can I could work like a little bit on Saturday to make up for that if I need to. Um, and then I ended up working, you know, from like eight to ten, and was able to you know get some feedback and and do a few things. So um, that's really nice. Also with vacation, I can you know say okay, well I'm going to be gone for a week, and nobody's saying well you have to be at work at this time or um, no you can't go. Um, usually my clients are pretty um, pretty open with that as far as if I give them enough advance notice say I'm gonna be out of town you know um, let's if you have projects that need done during that time let's get done before then so um, and I also really enjoy getting to spend time with uh, my family and I have a wonderful boyfriend of 14 years and uh, two lovely dogs so um, it's nice that I can eat lunch with them and you know go to the dog park in the afternoon uh, and that's kind of a recharge that's a recharge in itself is just taking a break and letting them run around and have fun yeah definitely I think one of the hardest things for me as a freelancer is shutting down so I have my husband is an artist and so he has a rule he's like you need to be done at like seven you know at the latest and granted they're like last night I worked till I worked late last night and I worked late on Sunday but sometimes it's good to have somebody who's like I want to spend time with you <laughs> please get away from the computer yes yeah but I also like that if I yes. did I've had similar things I just take my computer to the car place and I just work when I'm there and I think a lot of other companies you know if you're at a company you're not as 
you don't have that flexibility. And sometimes some of our work, we actually go exactly. and meet with clients and things like that. And you can't really take them with you to the mm -hmm. fireplace, but you can take your computer and you can still work, which is great about having flexibility, I think. So I like the flexibility too, even though I teach full time, I have, you know, two or three days during the week that I'm not with students. So, all right, well, let's get on to your writing. Yeah. I, um, this is, uh, Alabama, I teach at the University of South Alabama, and the whole state of Alabama is not so great at writing, and so maybe this is all over the board, um, but I know that we don't rank so high. So one thing we do, and I think as artists, I think writing is difficult. Writing and math, I don't know, science is up there too. <laughs> yeah, writing and math. <laughs> but I think um, I make my students do a project brief with each assignment, unless it's you know, like an exercise, but pretty much they do, they have to mm -hmm. explain like they would explain to a client because a lot of times, especially as a freelancer, I don't get to sit down with my client while they're looking at my piece for approval. Um, a lot of times, and I'm not sure if you're the mm -hmm. same way. So that brief is really important of this is what I was doing this explaining my choices and stuff like that. So I think the yeah. writing component mm -hmm. is incredibly important and I think the designers even if you don't like to write you still need to be able to write a good contract and a good um, a, a good draft or a, a, a project brief or something like that but what role does writing play in your career as a freelancer not just as a writer but like how what do you write regularly um, contracts for sure, uh, a clearly defined contract is terribly important. Um, if you haven't gotten burned yet, you will. If you um, don't have a great contract, if you don't know what you're trying to stipulate, if you don't clearly define what your your expectations are and what their expectations are, that's when your project goes over budget or you cut into your profits because you didn't understand what they wanted and you come back with something and they say that's not what I wanted um, having a great design brief where you say well you see here where you said I wanted this well this is this is how I am connecting to that you said you wanted um, you know uh, modern design here's the modern you know I've written down what you wanted and what your goals are and therefore um, this is how my design meets those goals. It's really handy um, for me because most of my clients I don't get to sit down face to face with either. And um, I'm sending them an email with a proof, or you know we're talking over go to meeting or something to that effect. Um, so it's really important because they're going to see it and take information, take my proof and look at it. And I need to be able to specify too. Um, in my writing, what I was thinking, where I'm going with this. If this is just a rough draft and not to worry about that the colors are all wrong or, or something that I just want to make sure that um, the math is right because I do a lot of I do a lot of work with um, graphs and charts and and taking numbers and making them look interesting. So a lot of times I say, is this the visualization you want? Let's not look at the design yet but let's just make sure that the numbers are correct. So it's really important as in writing um, to be able to express yourself clearly. Also, um, as a writer for Graphic Design Blender, um, I, I do a lot of teaching myself. And I've always found that I become so much more intelligent about a subject when I'm trying to explain it to someone else. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's um, business design principles or graphic design principles or marketing principles or um, talking about the English language. Um, the more I teach somebody else why this or why that, the stronger I become as a person at that very same topic. So um, a lot of times I can, you know, when I wrote about setting my goals, for example, um, that really pushed me to say, well, why did I set those goals? What you know, what specifications do I have for my goal setting? Um, or when I write about, um, you know, for example, legal terms, it's like, okay, I hate legal terms. I don't understand, um, you know, what they're trying to get at, but 
if I can make it into English, um, then I'm going to understand what it is about, and so is everyone else. And that's what's important. So a lot of times, writing for me, um, because I'm explaining something, is really enhancing my understanding of whatever I'm writing about. So I'm just going to read y'all some of the ones. She did a whole one recently. I think it's nine terms that everybody should know. And I think for as a teacher trying to teach this to students, I even interact with other business people that don't understand some of these things. And I do mm -hmm. more social media. So I like ROI. You know, I mean, I have been guilty of not knowing what some of these are, but I know what that one is. I mean, I follow uh, Gary uh, Vaynerchuk, so I definitely know what that one is. And that's return on investment. There's B2B, uh, business to business, B2C, business to consumer, which I think just having that, just this is all on graphicdesignblender.com. Um, there's a link over there to Graphic Design Blender. But I think for me and other designers, at any level, there's going to be things that you don't understand. And that's what one thing I really like about a lot of April's articles. So I'm just going to read you some titles, which I think is really cool. Um, Help me name my business and tips on naming. And I have not read every single one of these, uh, April, but I have picked in, I, I kind of picked my some of my favorites. But with this one, I think it's really neat to think about. And I, I had a, a friend who did a presentation recently and she said, yeah, I wanted this for my name, but then she couldn't get the .com. And that is almost so critical. To, you yeah. have to, when I was finding my company is Little Bird Communications, which is super long. But when I was deciding what, I wanted Blackbird Design because I love that song by the yeah. Beatles. So, but there is already a Blackbird uh -huh. design and there already was in 2002. So when I was trying to find mine, I had to get something that was going to make sure that I could get the .com because I agree, I think it's really important to have mm -hmm. that .com, but I'm just gonna read you a couple other ones that, and, and I'd love for you to tell me, I think I have this on my list. What was your favorite? What's one of the favorite things? My 10 freelance design business goals and tips for setting yours, which I think is really important. I really liked that one. Um, can networking with your competition really grow your design business? I mean, they're really great um, thought-provoking articles that really help. And what's great is that April will get back with you. And um, she has a great relationship with Preston Lee, the founder of Graphic Design Blender, where she will go in and she's going to comment. And that's how her and I got connected. Um, how designers can change, can charge more without having an awkward conversation with your client. Um, the next step in building my design business, what makes a great portfolio site. I mean, it is filled, but there are day-to-day -day things as well as long-term things, which I which I think is really cool. So, April, how do you come up with all these things? How do you decide? Because you're writing a weekly column. Is that a, a weekly blog? Yeah, weekly blog. Um, yeah. So sometimes it's really hard. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I keep a sticky note on my computer. Uh, well, like a electronic sticky note on my computer um, and I just when I come up with an idea oh hey I should write about that then I write it down on my on my electronic sticky note so um, that helps when I'm feeling particularly um, unmotivated or particularly uninspired that week I can go back to my list and say what do I want to write about this time um, also Preston um, at times uh, with the legal terms for example um, he said hey would you be interested in writing these and I said, yeah, that would be great. I think this is a great topic to talk about. So um, in that instance, um, I said, sure. So I tackled the legal ones. I tackled the freelance um, business terms. And there's a couple more in the works that you should be seeing soon. Um, we're going to do an advanced um, business terms one because it was very popular. But we wanted to start with the and get everyone at the same base. And then we can go up from there. So. So yeah, um, so we decided to do that, and um, that should be coming out soon. Uh, and you know, sometimes I'll be my own work is my inspiration in that something happens with a client that I've never had happen before, and I say, oh, I should write about this. Or um, sometimes 
I'm struggling with a particular topic. Um, and so I'll say to Preston, hey, do you have a good idea about this? Or I'll go to LinkedIn and I'll say, hey, let's just start a discussion in a couple of groups and see what people say. Um, and then I'll write about what they say. You know, I'll say, hey, you know, I, and if, if I agree with their advice, and a lot of times I get some really great ideas about how to solve this particular problem for myself, but also my readers. So it's really great. Um, those are some of the ways that I find inspiration. Um, as far as my naming my business um, post, that one was really scary. That was probably the scariest post I've ever written um, because I really liked the name of my business, which is Greer Genius. Um, I kind of like that name. I was really like, I was, I was really nervous to put that out there and to have everyone say it's terrible. Um, but that's not what I got. Um, it, the post itself has over 260 comments, and I probably get one or two comments per week on that post today. Every week I get, and so I check back, I usually check back like weekly, and just go through the recent comments and see um, if any of them are posted on my, um, my blog posts, and then I'll go and comment on them. Sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to get back to people, especially if I'm, I'm considering a specific question they have. Um, I might send them a, a co or comment on it and say, I'm thinking about this, or I'd like to write a post on this. Do you mind waiting a couple of weeks for the post to come out? And usually people are very excited about that. Um, but I was just really scared that everyone was going, you know, I was putting out like this big, piece of me, I felt sort of naked in front of the whole world when I was, when I was posting that, and um, the response I got was fantastic. Everyone was so positive and so excited about the name that I just, I was floating around for the next week. Uh, so um, I also am really fond of, as far as my favorite posts, um, I'm really fond of the 10 freelance goals that you mentioned. Um, that, like I said, that really helps solidify for me my criteria in setting goals, and I think it's really important to revisit your goals and to set new ones, both short-term and long-term and medium-term and everywhere in between, um, so that, and make sure that they're concrete so that you can tell whether you're achieving them or not, you know, um, and so, and then one of my other favorites that I think is just good advice overall, and I think that's why I was so excited, I guess, to share, is uh, it's called Entrepreneurs Follow This One Simple Principle to Avoid Wasting Your Hard-Earned Profit. And I just think, like I said, it doesn't have to be just to designers. I think it's just amazing advice for anyone, and um, it's, a, it's a principle that my dad taught me, and I'm just so thrilled that I could share it with a large audience because it just I just think it's great advice. So go check that one out at graphicdesignblender.com. Um, and yeah, so those are those are some of my favorites. Um, and I I guess I just really enjoy learning from myself and learning from the commenters. Um, the P, the community on GDB is fantastic as far as um, bringing up good points. Um, it's a really positive community. Everyone's excited to learn. Everyone's interested in knowing more or um, debating things. And it doesn't get into that negative argument that a lot of places are plagued by. It's very positive. It's very open. It's very, you know, no question is a stupid question. And people can disagree freely without getting into an argument. That's great. something else I like about the way you write, even specifically with that terms um, piece, the return on investment. I know a lot of people don't know what ROI means. And I remember when I didn't know what B2B means, you know, um, it was a long time ago, but I remember. And it is nice that you don't talk down in the way you write. It's just very informative. So for me as a teacher, I know what it means, but it's nice for my students to follow because then they can be learning about what they're going to be needing to know later. And I may talk about it in class, but this gives them something to go to later, something else. And I, I really like the tone. I never feel 
like, oh my gosh, it's so over my head. I'm going to have to read this four times to get it. Um, like, I feel like it, it speaks. And I, I think that's really good, especially in a post when you're, when you're writing um, to make it so that people want to come back instead of like, oh, I have to figure that out. So I think that's a great, um, that's one reason I like your writing so much. So well, thank you. Can you thank tell you. us how you got started? And I, I really like this because it's really about your passion. You were passionate about a subject. Can you talk about how you got started writing for Graphic Design Blender? Yes, I certainly can. I certainly can. So uh, I started reading and uh, commenting on Graphic Design Blender, and um, I got an idea for a blog post. I'm quite passionate about business communication and the serious lack of professional business communication in today's society. With um, I have no problem with tweets and personal text messages and Facebook messages being um, poorly worded and poorly spelled with no grammar. But when you're in a business situation, it needs to be professional. And it really bothers me when it's not, or when people are incapable of it, um, it makes you look um, unintelligent and it makes you look um, incompetent. And I, you know, it, that's not meant to offend people, but you really, you know, if I'm going to spend, you know, fifty, two hundred, a thousand dollars with you, I want to know that you're capable of doing what I want to have done. And um, I think. A lot of times people are introduced to you by your writing skills, by your email skills, um, by your phone conversations to a certain degree. But I really feel, like I said, that business communication has suffered. And um, so I asked Preston, um, I, I emailed him and I said, hi, I have an idea for a post. I'd love to write uh, a post about business communication and how your writing is, you know, your being designers writing in general, um, is provoking this image of you sitting in your PJs in your mom's basement, you know, feet on the coffee table with pizza box next to you. And nobody's going to hire you for that because they don't trust you. Um, and he said, that's a great idea. Send me a draft. I, I love your comments. And I, I truthfully don't remember what I said, but apparently he was impressed. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I sent him a draft and, you know, he, he got back to me and said, um, work on your titles, which is what I'm absolutely most awful at. And, uh, I said, okay, well, you know, here's, here's the edits and, and he posted it and, and then he said, would you mind commenting on what people say? And I said, well, yeah, certainly I'd love to respond back to them. And it got some comments and it got some posts. And that was really my intention, was to say, hey, people, we need to be better at this as a group. Um, I didn't, you know, I asked him, I said, I want to write this. Will you post it? I, I didn't ask him for money. I didn't, that was not at all in my realm of possibilities. So it was a total joyous surprise when he came back like a week or two later and said, would you want to write weekly for me? I'd like to hire you. And I just... Yeah, again, floating, <laughs> floating for a while around the house. Um, oh my God, can you believe this pretty popular blog wants me to write weekly? Um, you know, and so I said, yeah, yeah, I really would like to write for you weekly. I would love to share um, knowledge and insight and, and whatever I can and build, build trust not only for myself, um, as a competent graphic designer and business person, but help others. Um, I tend to be a pretty helpful person, and that's something that I really enjoy in my personal life. Um, and so what better way to, you know, kill two birds with one stone? Maybe just maim. I don't really like to kill birds. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, so I, like I said, it was a total surprise. It just started out with this this needs to be heard and it translated into a weekly post so uh, that was pretty amazing it was pretty exciting and um, to this day I'm, I'm still pretty excited about and then it. it led to this consistent thing and it wasn't just like you did that and then he was like let's write weekly but it was something that 
you would post again or you had another idea and then it got to the point where it was because you've been writing for them for about two years yeah yeah about two years and then but then it, um go ahead yeah um yeah so sometimes yeah i mean it, it, to some degree i um submit posts and Sometimes it's posted once a week. Sometimes I get posted twice in one week and not the next week. Um, sometimes they say, I'm going on vacation, Preston. I probably am not going to have a post for you, just so that you know. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's really great. He's been very flexible with me, and he's been very uh, open with me about what he wants me to write. Um, there's been some posts where he says, hey, I'd like you to revise this section, or... Um, but there's also been times where he's like, this is super fantastic, keep writing like this. So it's really, um, he's a great guy, we have a great relationship, and um, you know, I've just really enjoyed um, working with him and, and working with the community because the community's great, um, he's great, and, and like I said, I just can't say enough about graphicdesignblender.com. Um, and I'm not getting paid extra to say that. I really do believe in it. Um, I really do believe in it. I think it's a great resource for people. And, too. Um, and the tagline is business tips for designers. And so I think that it is really a, it's a really nice piece to go to, to get some of these daily. Um, I know Meredith underneath, she works at a corporation. She's really the only designer. It's a great resource. I know a lot of that stuff is freelance, but especially for in the corporate world, if you're the only designer or if you're at a in, institution and, and really you're the only real person in a, or you're a, in a small marketing you know team or something like that, it's really it's really a good resource because sometimes you're so busy because you're alone and you're doing all the stuff. It's hard to stay up on everything. So I you know with this skill, I can imagine clients clients might or might not I know they probably know you right well because you also have a blog on your site and the the blog for your site is more towards consumers it's more for your customers correct correct yeah correct um, my blog is focused on uh, my clients um, sometimes those can be other designers I would definitely encourage other designers to check it out like I said sometimes you might not find that post particularly useful, but um, a lot of them would be applicable to other designers. Um, and my clients, yes, my clients, sometimes it's a bonus for them um, because they don't necessarily hire me for writing, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll give me content for something and I'll say, hey, I think, I think you should tweak this. I think you can make your message clearer with this or that. And, you know, sometimes they say, no, that's what our contact guys want. And I say, no, oh, okay, it's your, it's, your, it's your piece. But um, uh, sometimes, you know, they're like, oh, you can write? Uh, I say, yeah. And, uh, and then they're thrilled because um, their content is just really lacking. They, um, one of the things that I find that a lot of people do in marketing is they're just not very, they don't get to the point. It takes them forever to get to the point. And I really like tight, concise sentences that really they just, you know, punch. They go and they, you get so much information out of just one, maybe one or two sentences. And that's really, in, the, in today's age where everyone's just skimming everything, if you have a paragraph, nobody's going to read it. Nobody. Um, you need bullet points. You need one or two sentences. You need to make sure that it's, um, you know, you just need to make sure that, people are actually going to read what you have to say. Um, you can put those paragraphs in your about section or, you know, in places where people or the history of your company or something where um, people want to read at that point. But when you're trying to get a message out, when you're trying to sell, when you're trying to um, get people interested, now that's not the time to go into the long-winded version of whatever you've and got. Even in a so, um, piece. you know, I have um, something I was using this week or last week um, in my publication design class, you know, and, and this is a, this is what I got in the mail and I hope nobody um, 
that made this gets their feelings hurt. But this is what I got in the mail. Natural gas. The the cover's not I mean, it's not awful, but just wait till we get inside. Yeah. It's overload information. Oh my gosh. And this would have been so much better had you driven me to the website. And I think that's what what April's saying is that you don't have to give all this information. I am never going to read this about natural gas. And they used every single color in the rainbow, just, I guess, to encourage me yeah. to keep going. But it is, like, packed. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty awful. Wow. So, that's, that's solid. You, I, you're overwhelmed. You're totally yeah, overwhelmed. I mean, this is the only place of rest. That in the back. But it's uh, that's what yeah. I think people miss or marketing people or content creators at the company they want to get everything out but really we as designers are always like holding back hey hey let's let's push them to the site to get some of this information and then we can track it you know it's much easier to track the information instead of giving them yes that's kind of the the before the internet kind of mentality and i think it's so funny that i'm still getting stuff yeah. in the mail like that but awful but that was one of my questions is, do you write for clients? I know you probably have to edit for some clients, but I know you're doing a lot of kind of infographic yes. and um, stuff like that where your presentation materials, and I know stuff's not always correct or they have misspelled or it would be better quicker, like you say, <laughs> but does someone ever hire you specifically? You're going to do the design, but then they find out you can write and they're like, I'll pay you extra to write it. Yes, I definitely have had that. Um, I've done some work for um, a local fitness company, and it's really been interesting because the fitness industry in particular is all about crap, in my opinion. Not like just the jargon they use is just, you know, lose 100 pounds in 10 weeks, or it's just so... I don't know. I, I just feel like it's all jargon. It's all um, fluff. You know, um, it's it's very. I, I'm very much against feeling like a used car salesman when I'm writing something or selling something, and I feel that's what it is. It's a gimmick. It's a ploy. It's a. It's a. You know, and it's just really. It's. It's really. That's kind of the industry standard and. You know, my client has thankfully entrusted me to clean up some of that jargon into useful information. I mean, there, a call to action is fantastic, and actually, that's um, the post, the the most recent post on Graphic Design Blender is talking about calls to action and that they don't need to be in your face screaming at you. Um, a call to action is very important, but you don't have, you know, it's changing that into the average person, you know, um, writing about why they would want to come and, and what's different about them and, and getting into what their fear is in joining a gym and why they shouldn't be afraid of this one, you know. Um, and I'm so pleased with the result because I really feel, um, and it's launching, this new website is launching in the next couple of days. Um, but I really feel that it's going to speak to the average person and it's really going to um, create trust and create credibility, which I think good writing does. I think that's a very big component of good writing and good marketing is creating that credibility and trust that people can entrust their money to you and you're going to, they're going to get um, fairly compensated in services or products, or maybe they're even going to feel like they got a great deal, which is ideal. It's perfect when they feel like, wow, I got a I stole this from them, you know? So, and as designers, uh, if we can incorporate blogging or writing into what we do, it also, you feel like you're giving away stuff to the clients, but really what it does is it entrusts them that you become the expert, you know what you're talking about, which I think is really cool. And I think it's great that you're able to make a little extra to do the writing. Yeah, and it's really helpful. Blogging, I would say, um, it does create trust. People, when I say I think, I think we should update this, or I think we should focus, figure out what your focus is. Having that blog, having people that 
visit the blog and comment on the blog. Um, having Graphic Design Blender makes people say less likely to say, well, what do you know? You know, um, so it does give you that credibility. And I also think um, that, you know, when you um, write well um, and you write on your blog and you tell people, you know, I talk to my clients and one might say it's free advice or, or freebie or something. I look at it as if I can educate them, then I don't have to do that much of that as they become my new client. Right. You know, if, if I can talk to them about finding their audience, for example, um, then, and they already have done that work, then we don't have to do that when we start with their new logo or their new brochure or their new website. They already know. I'm targeting, um, you know, people. So, so uh, this is, I'm targeting women that are, you know, 40 to 60. So great. We can start at that point rather than say, starting back a step and saying, okay, we need to figure out who you want to target. Right. So. Um, I really encourage freelancers to guest post possibly on specific sites or get involved in LinkedIn um, to really create and, and LinkedIn essentially is, is writing. It's not a blog post, but you're writing your comments and what you say there um, will help you or hurt you depending on how you write and what you say um, become more trusted in your industry. Well, I, I had another guest on um, that was doing some writing. You do get found by people um, that way, and hopefully it can lead to more things. Um, Jason Johnson, he's a designer from Tunnel Bravo. He's in Arizona. He was a guest um, in October, I think, and he had written, and that's how I found him. And, you know, it's a, it's a great way to promote your company. And that was one of his tasks at his company was doing these guest posts to get Tunnel Bravo more business. And it's worked wonders. There's three guys at this company and they're, you know, completely doing awesome work. And if you, and you talk about this, you have an article about finding your niche and, and going for it and maybe not being so afraid of being in a niche area. A great article, again, one of my favorites, um, but I think it's knowing and then figuring out ways to get your stuff out there. But again, if you're not competent, if you can't spell well, we do have spell check, you know, there are all kinds right. of things that you, you can do to make your stuff look and make you as a designer and as a business person be more trusted. I definitely very true. So how and some tips I would give to Oh, go ahead. You go. Okay. I was going to say for, you know, budding writers or budding freelancers that want to improve their writing, um, the single best thing you can do is proofread your work. Um, you know, read what you're going to write, read your email over once you've finished writing it. Um, read your tweet, your tweet, read your Facebook line, read your LinkedIn comment, proofread everything you write before you hit send or before you put it in the mail or whatever you're going to do because um, it just takes one. And you know that if you've ever had a resume and you know every anyone who's ever said anything about a resume says don't have any spelling errors or grammar errors on your resume. It's very true with um, business professional communication as well. Um, and so if you, you know, there's so many things where I say, if you had just reread that, you realize that you missed a word there or you put you instead of your. Um, and so I think that's one of the biggest things you could possibly do. Um, also, I would say write in the active voice. A lot of people start with there is or here is or, um, and it's very passive. You're not using exciting, interesting words. It's, you want to, you always want to use verbs that you can do, for example. You can't is something, but um, you can imagine something. And so I think one of the best ways you can do that is to come up with interesting words, um, write in an active voice so that your content is interesting, that you catch people's attention. Um, and 
I'm going to throw this out here, and I'm probably I might catch some flack from the internet world for it, but everything popular uh, popular theory is to write for a seventh grade audience. As a business professional, I think that's silly. I think that's I I just am totally against that. Um, I and I know I'll probably lose some customers because they can't understand what I'm saying, uh, and some readers, but that's okay with me because. As a business professional, I want to work with other business professionals who are as intelligent and as competent as I am. Um, and if and so I write for a little bit higher audience because um, I just don't see a business professional who can read only read at a seventh grade level being as can being as potentially successful as someone who has a higher competency. And I really think that if you, even if you start at a seventh grade level, that doesn't mean you can't be successful. That means that I expect you to learn as you go, you know. And and um, so I really, I really try to bring my level up a little bit, and I like to speak at a little bit higher level because um, those are the that's my audience. That's who I'm trying to attract. Um, now, for example, you may have an audience that you're trying to attract some of the, the uh, a lower reading level or something like that. So, um, I like so you know it's all about your audience. Yeah, that's a great comment. Right to the audience. Um, and my audience, like I said, I want my audience to be able to have a good conversation with me and and think in a little bit higher level. Um, terminology and understanding. Um, and I don't think writing at a college level means nobody's going to understand it. You know, um, right. I think you can use fun words and I think you can use um, intelligent conversation and, and you can still say you know and like and, and have fun with it, but you're up here. You know, you're up here. You're not, you're not talking down here. You're up here. And that, I think, um, is really important. So, so um, also I would say get to the point. My final tip would be get to the point. A lot of new writers take three paragraphs to say, you know, what I could say in a sentence or two. And like we said before, nobody's going to read that. And and when people start to find out that you're, it's taking forever, they're going to stop reading because they're like, wait, okay, so you're going to, you're telling me that you're going to get to the point next paragraph. Oh, you have something that's so awesome that you have to tell me, blah, 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 and it's, and you're going to tell me at the bottom of the post. Great, get to the point. I'm going to scroll to the bottom of the post and see what you want to tell me. I hate, um, I'll go to these university, um, you know, whatever, and they're, or, or I do a lot of webinars, and they're like, and I'm going to tell you. I'm like, just get on with it and tell me. I don't mind them giving me a, like an outline, yes. but then if they're going to say, well, I'm going to yeah. tell you about blah, 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 just forget the I'm going to tell you part. Just get to it. So what's another pet peeve for Let's you? get into it. Yeah. So what's another pet peeve for you? Mine is people misspelling y'all. I'm from the South, um, so I hate the Y-A apostrophe L-L, which I did used to spell incorrectly. And then my friend uh, Debbie at Mock, who's a editor in Colorado where I used to live, she was like, "It's you all, Diane." And then she was like, "You can't say all y'all." And I'm like, "Well, we do. We say all y'all." She's like, "That's like a double negative." And I'm like, "I don't care. I'm gonna still say all y'all." But <laughs> that makes sense to me. But y'all is Y apostrophe A L L. So that's one of my pet peeves, and I also don't like really like just. It is or it isn't. It's really smart, or it's yeah. Really just it's smart. The end. Again, getting quicker to your point. Yeah. What's a pet peeve for you in writing? Um, improper use of homophones. And homophones are like two, two, and two. There, there, and there. Effect and effect. Um, than or then. That's not really a homophone, but when um. People, and, and two and two, I give a little bit of leeway for because sometimes you just miss that extra O um, because you're typing fast. But um, those really kind of bother me. Um, I just really struggle. When I see someone that has used the wrong term, um, I, know what, I know that they meant um, they are, but they spelled it there as in that location over there. That's totally frustrating. It's, it's awful. Um, you really, you know, 
that just really bugs me. Um, that in writing a lot bothers me, um, and I can thank my high school English teacher, Mr. Peter Dahlberg, for that. <laughs> that um, Peter. No pun intended. Yeah, yep. Um, he he in one of our writing assignments, he handed back all of our papers and said, "Circle every time you use that." You know, six or seven times. Um, you won't you, you six out of seven times you don't need it. It's just extra filler. It's extra filler, and it, it's like. It's like you tripped over a rock in the middle of the sidewalk, or you hit a pothole in your car when you get there. It's a splat, you know? And I agree. I agree. Thanks, Mr. Dahlberg. <laughs> but Meredith, that's a great point um, that you make. It's like you are um, leaking in the basement. Like, maybe you should get some Depends or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yeah, is your dog in the basement? Maybe he has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> This is um, when I had a, one of my best friends in college. This is freshman year. Um, she had a bunch of note cards posted over all around the, um, the room. And I made fun of her for this. And I'm so sorry. But it was just hilarious. This is what she had. And the you're was wrong. Instead of you are, it was like, I was like, maybe you're going to fail English because you don't know how to spell you're, you know? Right. But stuff like that. That's a big one that bothers me. But it stuck with me all these years, you know? So I know. And, and sometimes it's really funny when you get one of those things where you're like, I hated it so much I remember it 20 years later, so I guess it was effective. But, but overall, really, again, proofread your work. Um, spell check and grammar check are pretty good these days. So, um, you know learn the rules and, and know them. Uh, there is a great scene on, uh, I think The Onion or something of all places, where it talks, it's like a poster about how to use the different usages of words that are commonly mixed up. And I mean, like I might have a poster of that in my office one day, because I think it's pretty cool. That is cool. Well, I know we haven't gotten um, <laughs> through even half of my questions. Um, we'll have to have you back on for sure. But um, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, so I want to give, uh, if anybody has a question, you're always welcome to click on the submit question button, or you can always type it. We try to stay up with what's going on in the chat. I love the interactions. That's one great thing about Spreecast. Um, it's, I just love that. I like, this is where I get to connect, so I hope that y'all connect with each other as well. You can always click on each other's names, and you can follow each other on Twitter and Facebook or whatever. Um, but let me ask you one um, more question dealing with writing. We have uh, about five minutes, and then I'm going to try to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> it's why apostrophe A-L-L. It's not y'all, oh, but, um, but that's right. All y'all, uh, James, I'm going ahead and using my all y'all, which I'm sure would bug my friend Debbie, but I'm at least writing it correctly. Um, so my big, what I want to know what is the biggest struggle for you, because you write really well. So what is the biggest struggle for you with writing? Besides titles, maybe. Uh, titles, titles and intros. Those are the big ones. I always feel like when I write an intro, it's a can't, it's like the can't, oh, I've already heard this before. I've already, you know, you've all done this, or you've all seen this, or, or you ask a question, or I just, sometimes it feels so stale to me. So I really struggle with my intros as far as, um, and I write them last. There's nothing, that's the other thing I think a lot of writers get hung up on is that they think they have to write their article or their post or whatever they're writing in order, or their essay, whatever. Um, it doesn't have to be written in order. Um, that's why you proofread at the end, but um, to make sure it flows nicely. But a lot of times I'll write an, I'll write an outline, um, and then I'll write an outline and I'll put, okay, these are the things I want to talk about. Um, and then I'll start in the middle and I say, this is what's on my mind right now. So I'm going to write about the topic in the middle. And then I'm going to write, you know, um, I'm going to write uh, the second thing. And then I'm going to write the conclusion. And then I'm going to go back and maybe reread it. And um, usually the intro gets written last. And usually it's the third or fourth rough draft of the intro because I didn't like the first one or, or whatever. It's just, that's, that's, 
probably the hardest part for me because I feel like it's just, oh, I've said that before, I've, I've let in with that before, so, yeah, um, that's, that's probably the struggle, most, the things I most struggle with. I think that's a with. good tip, though, just get started, like, a lot of people are like, why can't, I don't even know what I'm going to, I know what I'm, my topic is, but I don't have a title, or I don't have an intro, so I don't know where to go, so just get started, just, like, when I'm doing a slide presentation, I don't necessarily always start with the first slide, I just start with the slides that I know, and I group them, just like you would write a paper, um, I, I group them into uh -huh. bits, and then I put them in the order, you can change things around in InDesign, or whatever you're using for your slides, um, so I think some, that's a great tip, just get started, just start writing something, and I think for us as designers, we can actually increase a lot of um, and we can leverage our expertise with our clients to show them, again, you know, that's how you're seen higher in the rankings, uh, the more content that you're adding to your site, that's going to increase your visibility on Google and some of the other search engines, things like that. So those things are, are really important. So, well, I'm going to give you guys and um, I'm going to give you the how to get in touch with me for Design Recharge, and then I'm also going to... Um, Give you April's information so let me give you April's first so she's also on Facebook so you can click with her and get uh, and see that you can um, follow her on Twitter you can also which I love on Pinterest you can also follow her on Pinterest and then here's mine um, and again, Graphic Design Blender, you can just go and search for April Greer and you see all these awesome articles. And there's other articles that pop in there, but they're great. And and Preston's great. Um, he has lots of great writers that write. So I definitely suggest everybody to do that for sure. Um, I also, you can email me if you want at diane at designrecharge.org. And then you can follow me two ways on Twitter, Design Recharge, and then Diane Gibbs AU, because I went to Auburn. Me and Meredith went to Auburn, so little plug for my school that didn't do so well this year in football, um, but we're not talking about football. Um, anyway, I just, this is what we do every week. Next week, we're talking to Nikki Villagomez. She's been on before, but she's going to tell us how she started an AIGA chapter in her, um, town in um, South Carolina. She totally um, did that. Oh yeah, me and her connected on LinkedIn. I am too. You'll just have to search. You search for me and you found me so we can search for each other <laughs> um, there as well. So that's awesome. And um, oh yeah, I don't say Pinterest wrong. I, but People do all the time, but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You know what, uh, Brant, Brant, you know what makes me uh, people mispronouncing Wacom. If you go to the Wacom site, they, you know, it's they actually people who are um, on their site say, um, way, they say Wacom, but like my students will be like, it's Wacom. I'm like, let's go to the site and watch the video and see how they pronounce their thing. I mean, you haven't had it in a while, but um, anyway, that's a little pet peeve of mine, and I know I got off track. That's the ADD in me. That's why I have lists of questions. Well, <laughs> go ahead, April. Well, Diane, I have I am so uh, happy that you had me on today. Um, I spell y'all correctly, just for the record. Um, and so, um, yeah, and you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, I forgot to give Diane the link to it, but it's on my website. If you go there, it's on my uh, portfolio. If you go there, um, it's linked throughout all my social media. Um, it's just April Greer. So you're welcome to come and, and find me and and I'm sure Diane, Diane's on. We just became friends recently. Well, friends, LinkedIn friends, <laughs> professional friends connections. Too. Uh, exactly. So um, I'd love to hear from you. If you have further questions, you're more than welcome to get a hold of me, and I will try to answer them. Please be just a tiny bit patient. I'll try to get back to you and say, hey, it's going to be a week, or I'll try to have an answer by Sunday. But, um, you know, I am a one-person shop, so... Uh, I, I sometimes can't respond to you that day or even the next day. But also, it's great if you go on Graphic Design Blender, look at, you know, go through some of her articles, comment, and she will comment back and read some of the other comments. That's what I love. It's like there's this interaction. And again, for me, that's a great way um, for the 
the recharge that I'm always needing every every week. So, guys, thank you so much, April. Thank you so much. I, we've got tons more questions to answer, <laughs> but um, thank you so much for coming, and I hope to have you on the show soon. And I hope to see you guys all back next week as we talk about uh, oh, starting an AIGA chapter in your area. See you guys next week. Thanks again. Sounds April. good. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye, guys.